Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Kylie Camps and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant, and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space, and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. This podcast is brought to you by my collaboration with Mco Beauty. I'm so excited about this range. If you follow along on social media, you've no doubt heard me talk about it. It has been an absolute dream to work with Mco Beauty to create a handful of curated and thoughtful products that I'm so, so proud of. And by the time you hear this podcast, they will be in Woolworths stores nationally. So head to your local Woolies, ask for the Mco Beauty range, have a look for the packaging that has Kylie Camps on it, and please try the range out. In the range, you'll find concealers, which are amazing. There are two shades, light and medium. They're for brightening and also concealing, and they're so beautiful. They apply really easily. They blend. They really do what they say they're going to do. They brighten, conceal, and give you a flawless complexion. I'm so proud of them. The range also includes a brow duo crayon. On one end, you have the perfect brow crayon to give yourself, to give your brows some shape and definition. You can go really lightly for a nice feather stroke or you can press a little more firmly if you like a bold polished brow. On the other end of the brow duo, you'll find a highlighter. It is so creamy. It is so beautiful. Use that on your brow bone, also on your cupid's bow and anywhere else that you want to highlight. It's such a great product. You'll also find two lip crayons in the range, Bliss and Dream. Bliss has sold out three times now online. It is a stunning, stunning color. They both are. And the quality is super, super high. It will give you a beautiful matte finish, but it also has gloss to it as well. It's kind of hard to describe, but for me, it is the perfect lip color. And last but not least, you'll also find some false lashes in the range. And these are pre 
glued. So there's no messing around with little tubs or pots of glue. They adhere straight to your lash line and they're super easy to pop on. So check out the range by heading into your local Woolworths or if you can't find it in store, jump online at Mco Beauty, search Kylie Camps and my little collection will pop up for you. So Today's episode is a Q&A. I've taken questions from Instagram and I'm sitting down tonight and I'm going to answer as many as I possibly can. I'm going to begin with a light one because there are some kind of heavier ones in there. So I'll go light to begin with and that is who does your eyebrows? No one. I don't do anything to my eyebrows bar pluck a couple of errant hairs every now and then. I'm talking maybe every two to three months I'll pluck a couple of hairs and that is it. I am terrified of having my eyebrows over plucked because about 10 years ago, I had very, very thin brows. And when I look back on photos of it, it kind of makes me cringe as I'm sure a lot of people do. I definitely feel like a thicker brow suits my face shape. It kind of balances me out. So I like them nice and thick. I have had them tattooed in the past and I had that done with unique blends on the Gold Coast, Caitlin. She's amazing. That was, I'd say like two and a half years ago now. And I have been meaning to have them redone, but I just haven't done it. And now that I have my brow product with Emco, that's all I'm using on them. The next question is, how do you get past worrying slash caring about what other people think of you? I'm really struggling with this. That can be a tricky one. And it's definitely something that I struggled with a lot in my early to mid 20s, maybe even my late 20s, if I'm honest, I was concerned with how people perceived me. And I did spend a lot of time worrying about that. So I can definitely relate. I think that for me, the biggest thing in getting past that is really focusing on my own happiness. When you're really more focused on making yourself happy you kind of notice that other people's opinions start to fade away. It's also really important to practice positive self-talk and remind yourself that you cannot control what other people think about you. And in an episode where I spoke with Dr. Libby Quinn, we spoke about core values and core beliefs. And it's so important to understand that someone else's opinion of you is not just based off that two seconds that they see you or that interaction that they have with you. It's so much deeper than that. It can be all about a belief that they have that has stemmed from childhood. And there are so many different moving parts in the way that people think that you can just never control what someone thinks of you. So if you can't control that, it really is just wasted energy focusing on it. And the other thing to remind yourself of is you don't know for sure what people are thinking about you. Yes, you can absolutely hypothesize and take an educated guess. You can assume what someone's thinking of you, but you might not ever really know. So why spend time worrying about that when you just, you don't know, you can't control it. And it's not necessarily a representation of anything to do with you. It's more about that person. So really focusing in on your own beliefs, staying in your own lane. And I think another key is to be really aware of the judgments that you have of other people. 
If you are fearful of other people judging you, you might find that you're quite judgmental as well. So allowing yourself to notice the judgments you have of other people and bring awareness to that and start looking at people through a much kinder lens might just help you to assume the best in other people as well. And just to add to that as well, I also think that life is really short. I mean, some days feel endlessly long. Some weeks, some months feel never-ending. Sometimes I feel like I've been a parent for a million years and other times it feels like five minutes. But what I'm getting at is in the scheme of things, life is short and you don't want to get to the end of your life and think, oh, I lived my life trying to please and appease someone else's opinion that one, I can't control and two, I don't even know whether it's true or not. You just can't map your life towards other people's potential or other people's, what you perceive as other people's judgments. It's just not an effective way to live. All you can do is focus on your own happiness and live a life that you're proud of. And just remind yourself of that. I think too, when you have kids, it does become a little little bit easier to focus on that because you want to be a good role model and you wouldn't want your kids to not do something just because they were afraid of someone else's opinions. So sometimes it's about recalibrating and forcing yourself to act in a way that you would hope your kids would act in the best case scenario. Next is ways to remain positive and hopeful for our little ones regards climate change. So I guess this question is really asking how to remain upbeat and hopeful when there are so many things going on in the world that feel hopeless. And that is such a big question and it's really, really tricky. I spoke about this with Dr. Libby. I can't have mentioned her twice in the first couple of minutes. She's amazing. We spoke about coping with the fires and natural disasters. Jump over and have a listen to that podcast. It might be helpful for you. We go a little bit deeper and we talk about what you can actually do and what you can't do. So definitely listen to that episode. Next question is, how do you deal with loneliness as a single mum? It's hard. It's really hard. I'm not going to lie. I was speaking about this with one of my friends recently because in my situation, I work from home and I do have staff that work with me, but sometimes they'll work from home as well. Or even when they are here, we're busy, we're working hard and we're working Even though we can all be together, we can often be working individually on our own different areas in the business at our own screens. So if I have a week where I've got the kids or even the weeks that I don't and I'm working a lot from home by myself, I have to make the effort to get out and have human interaction. Otherwise, I could go a whole week without another conversation with an adult. So it is making the effort to get out and have conversations. It's going to the gym for me and I'll talk to anyone there. You know, I'll have a chat to the older gentlemen who are always there on the exercise bikes when I go and train. And it's just having a bit of small talk with them, a little bit of company. It's also making sure I'm really nurturing my friendships, which I have recorded a podcast on nurturing friendships because it's something that I dropped the ball on big time when I had the boys. And that's just because, you know, sticking with the whole dropping the ball analogy, I had so many other freaking balls in the air that I had to worry about. It was like I didn't have space for it. And 
you can listen to that podcast when that's live. But it's important to really nurture friendships and put energy and effort into them. If you feel as though you don't have a lot of friends, you're really going to love that episode as well because I share with you some tips that you can make some connections. If you are feeling lonely as a single mum, it's really good that you've noticed that you're feeling lonely because it means that you're in tune with your emotions. So acknowledging that you feel that way is really, really helpful because sometimes when we have an uncomfortable emotion sitting below the surface, we'll do anything and everything to avoid it. So it's brilliant that you've identified that potentially you're feeling that way or perhaps in this situation, if you're not the lady who asked this question, if she's not feeling this way and she's genuinely asking, how do I personally deal with loneliness as a single mum, it is by making sure I get out of the house, engaging in conversation, putting effort into friendships, putting myself in social situations. I also find journaling really helpful, which I always bang on about. Also too, acknowledging the fact that I feel how I feel. And sometimes it's acts of self-care. So if I'm feeling a little lonely, it's nurturing myself. It might be running myself a bath. It might be listening to a podcast that I really enjoy or just sitting down and enjoying a meal. It's just those little things that you have to take care of yourself. But I have definitely felt loneliness over the last year. It's been tough and it can be a really kind of conflicting emotion when you are surrounded by little people. Like I can feel really lonely even when I'm with the boys just because it's a different type of company. So for this lady who has asked the question, if you are going through the same thing, just know that you are not alone and sometimes opening up and being vulnerable about it with someone else is helpful. Like I will text my girlfriends and say, I feel lonely. I'm having a lonely day because I could sit at home and just wish that they would reach out or have a conversation with me or I could just tell them where I'm at and then they're aware of it and we can have a conversation. Sometimes too, as I mentioned, just getting out is helpful. Sometimes if I'm working from home, I will just pack up the laptop and go and work from a cafe because then I can just watch other people and also have their energy around me too. So that might be helpful for you as well and try to enjoy any downtime that you do have because, and I know that that can be really hard when you're feeling lonely, but often it will be fleeting when we look at our whole life. It's just a season in life. So that's something that I'm trying to do is even though I am having moments where I feel lonely, it's going, you know what, I have this opportunity to actually be alone. So I'm going to try and enjoy some of it. This question is in regards to the MCO collaboration. It says, will Bliss be back? By the way, congrats on the collab. You are radiating strength and happiness. Firstly, thank you. (laughs) I think it's the biggest compliment you can give someone when you say that they're looking happy and also saying that I'm looking strong. I really, really appreciate that. So thank you very much. Bliss, I don't know whether it's going to be back online, but it will be in store. So head into your Woolworths and if you can't find it, ask for it because it might just be out the back in the stock room and it's not been brought to the shelves yet. So definitely ask the question, but bliss is such a beautiful question. 
Next is my toddler really can't handle his anger, frustration, upset, emotion, emotions. I'm at wit's end as how to help. I really appreciate this question. It's such an important question. And I think that if we just go over the phraseology again, my toddler can't handle his emotions. I'm at my wit end, my wit's ends as to how to help. There is something so beautiful in that paradox and it's so important to realize what is said just there. I'm at my wit's end because my little one can't handle their emotions. We have to realize as parents, we still struggle to handle our big emotions. I still have moments where my anger gets the best of me, my frustration, my sadness. And I am nearly 33 and I've got a bit of life experience. I've also done a little bit of training in the area of emotions. I've had so much therapy. You know, I consider myself to be pretty well versed in the area. I'm certainly no expert, but I have a good general awareness of emotions and regulation and control and whatnot. And I still lose my shit. So if I still do that, how can I expect a toddler who has a developing brain no life experience in terms of understanding the permanence or the temporary nature of emotions, also no ability to really predict outcomes depending on the age of your toddler. How can we expect a toddler to regulate their emotions? We can't. That's expecting something way too big from them. So firstly, having an awareness and empathy for what they're going through understanding that they are trying he's trying so hard to process these big emotions and yes he's going to have times when he is frustrated and he's angry and he acts out and that is age appropriate that is toddler life now speaking of toddler life we have our program called toddler life which is all about helping parents to understand ways to support their kids through these big emotions because toddlerhood is tough. I often say it's the toughest hood in town. It can feel so overwhelming because one minute you have this baby and you're just getting your head around the baby behavior and you feel like, oh, that's a loud bird. (laughs) Um, And you feel like, okay, I've got a grip on this behavior. And then next minute they change it up and you feel completely out of your depth again. And that's exactly why we created the Toddler Life Programme. It takes you through understanding what's going on for your little one in a way that makes it easy for you to understand and then also how you can help them through that time. So definitely check out our toddler life program. The next question I get a lot every single time I open for questions and it is, will you stay living in your beautiful house? Which is probably one of the more respectful ways that it has been asked. I get things like, oh no, you won't be able to live in your dream home. It must be so sad living on your own in your house. Will you sell your house? Like I get all these questions that I don't have the answers to. And I just think, wow, I don't even know if I'd say that to someone that I'm close with, let alone a stranger online. So the answer is, I don't know. I would love to stay living in this house. I would love to, but I don't know right now in the midst of a divorce. So Yikes. <laughs> Next, is there an 18-month sleep regression? There certainly is. Jump over to thekindparentingcompany.com, punch in the words 18 months and sleep regression and a blog will pop up. Next is tips for screaming, hitting four-year-old boy when upset, something he doesn't want to do slash doesn't go his way. 
again, that can be really age appropriate because your little one's so overwhelmed with emotions. It's about teaching him a helpful way of building a path of regulating emotions that he can understand and process. I often say to parents as well, it's important to understand we need to, as role models and parents, really be aware of treating the cause and not the symptoms. So all too often, if a little one's acting out, it's tempting to try and tame the acting out behavior. So we'll go in with the no kicking, no hitting, no punching, no biting, no smacking, no throwing yourself on the floor type thing. We're really, we're missing an opportunity to work out what's really going on and help your child to feel seen and understood. So looking at the symptom, which is the acting out and going, okay, yep, that's not a great symptom. And there are certainly times when you need to address it. But first and foremost, what is the potential cause here and how can I help him understand what's going on. And we give a lot of real life examples and case studies of this in the toddler life program. So definitely check it out. Next, how did you get through the pain of your breakup to get on with everything? Hmm, Tricky to answer that one. How did you get through the pain of your breakup to get on with everything? It was so hard. It was really, really hard. It was a very, very stressful time in life. I lost a stack of weight because anything that I ate just would go straight through me. I was so nervous. I was so stressed. Um, It was really awful. The only way that I got through that pain was leaning on friends, journaling, meditating, and just also when you're a mum, you don't have a choice, you know, which is just the truth of it, it's one foot in front of the other. I feel like with mums, no matter how much pain, I might cry, no matter how much pain we're feeling, the love that we have for our kids allows us to put one foot in front of the other no matter what. And so I would say that, yeah, that really helped me as well. Next, help. My mother-in-law has invited herself to stay for the first month after having first child, question mark, question mark. That could be a great thing or it could be a really hard thing depending on the relationship that you have with your mother-in-law. Given that you've said help, I'm going to say that you don't have the best relationship and the fact that she's invited herself. I would get your partner to have the conversation with his or her mum about that rather than putting the onus on you to have that awkward conversation it's letting your partner step in and doing the heavy lifting and that's that's part of being in a partnership so explaining to his or her mum why you don't want her to stay and you can do it so that it's all about what you want not necessarily about what she what am I trying to say so that you can do it about focusing on what you want not the fact that you don't want her there. So it's like, you know what, we've really done a lot of research and we know that you want the best bond with with your grandbaby and we're so going to honour that. But as a family unit, we've decided that for the first couple of weeks, we really want to limit visitors and we really just want to have as much skin on skin and I know that you'll understand and, you know, going down that path might be easier. The other thing is... Having a baby 
is hard. So you might actually be grateful for the extra set of hands if you can put some boundaries in place. And again, it just completely depends on the relationship that you have with your mother-in-law and also your partner in terms of his or her ability to put those boundaries in place. So it's it just comes down to communication because if you can communicate the fact that an extra set of hands there could be brilliant as long as you find that she's helping, (laughs) um, it could be great. And if not, then having that conversation about not coming can be tricky, but again, pain versus pleasure. So (laughs) um, have you talked about divorcing yet? Yes, I'm moving through a divorce. How do you handle your two and a half year old talking back saying, relax, stop mum, etc.? So your two and a half year old would have learned to say relax from somewhere. Um, so it's, you know, are you modeling that behavior? And also too, you can just positively reinforce the behavior in the language language that you want your son or daughter to use. So rather than making a big deal out of the language that you don't want them to use, it's when they're using language that you want them to use, making a big deal out of that. Oh my gosh, did that make sense? Positively reinforce. So when they communicate well with you, making a song and dance out of that will help them to understand that is the way to communicate and just modeling it yourself is best. Next, if you could predict what your boys would be when they grow up, what would you say? Oh gosh, that's a tricky one because they change so often. I would say at this current moment, and like I said, it could change tomorrow, but one, I would not be surprised if he went into hospitality or performance. I have said not to him because I try to be mindful of what I project onto them, but I've said it to other people and also thought it quite often that I could imagine him on Broadway. (laughs) Um, And if you follow stories, you'll know, you'll be like, oh yes, I know which child that is. I've seen him dancing around the pool to the Pokemon soundtrack and he definitely has a performance flamboyance that is undeniable. But then on the other hand, he also is quite shy. So I don't know, but he's creative and at the same time, even though he's got that kind of performance out there streak, he's so smart, like so intelligent and, you know, maybe he'd go more down the path of, I don't know, something like an engineer. I don't know, but he just has such great spatial awareness and such a great thought process. Who knows? He could be anything. And his brother, oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't know. He, I, I would be very surprised if he grew, grew up to be like a paramedic or a vet or anything like that because he's so squeamish. He's so beautiful, but he cannot tolerate um, certain sounds. He can't tolerate the sight of vomit, the sight of blood. He definitely has a weaker stomach, but then he has a wild streak as well. It's really hard to predict. It's really hard. He is quite, he's really surprised me with his math skills. I don't mean as in that I had low expectations, but I just, the way that his brain works is really interesting. So I don't know, tough one, really, really tough to answer. Another question is thoughts on homeschooling. Brilliant. Homeschooling's great. If I didn't find 
I mean, I say that as someone who's never done homeschooling, so take it for what it's worth. But if I didn't find the school that the boys go to now, then I was definitely keen to keep them home till they were at least seven, just because there's so much evidence out there about the benefits of sending kids to school once they're over the age of seven. And that really, really appealed to me. One of the reasons, though, that we did not want to do homeschooling was, or one of, I guess, the kind of the negatives for us was the fact that at that time, neither their dad or I were very social and I was afraid that they wouldn't develop socially as well as they could if they were in the right school setting. And I'm just so thankful because the school that they go to is freaking amazing. It's it's everything. So very, very happy. Next, what is your favorite type of music? I like such a mixed bag. I was having a bit of a laugh today because I like my playlists are just really eclectic. One moment it's Whitney Houston and then the next minute it's Cardi B. I like a big variety of music depending on my mood and what I'm doing. When I start the day, I like really chilled out acoustic kind of music. And then when I'm at the gym training, I like something a little more upbeat or something a bit more aggressive. So I like all different kinds. Advice for someone who is trying to save their relationship, find a counsellor or a coach who you both connect with and can work with intensely. So it might be weekly, you know, having individual sessions weekly and then also a couple's one as well. It's worth fighting for your relationship if you can. Next is how can I best support a girlfriend who has recently become a single mum to two young kids? Checking in just checking in and saying, hey, how are you going? As I mentioned earlier, loneliness can be a big one. So saying like, how are you feeling? Are you lonely? Can we book things in to look forward to? Having things to look forward to is a big one. So it might be, you know, I recently went on a night away with my two kids and a friend and her two kids. And it was so nice to do that because yes, I could take the boys on my own, but it was just so fun to go as a group. And when you're single... I don't know, it just feels nice to have that. So offering, you know, plans, what can we do that's something that you can look forward to? It's checking in, it's being company, it's being a sounding board and also just letting them know that when they're having a low mood, that's okay. You don't need to try and talk them into being positive. You can just say, yeah, this fucking sucks. This is really, really shitty, but tomorrow is a new day. I guess in a similar vein is the next question, which is what scares you most about one day dating again? Um, I don't know if I would say that I'm scared, but I would say uh, it's, it's a whole other ball game because you're not just thinking of yourself. You can never only just think of yourself, um, no matter how early something is there has to be some sort of level of foresight as to how it would work as, you know, um, a blended family or having someone come into that dynamic. So, yeah, just maybe that's one thing that would be in my mind when the time comes. Question is, if you could pass on one life lesson, what would it be? I... (laughs) I would definitely be able to think of a couple of things. I've done an episode before on words to live by. So jump over and have a listen to that podcast if you've not. 
two things did come to my mind when I read that. And these are the first time I'm reading the questions as I read them out here. First thing that came to mind is do not reason with the unreasonable. That's just like a good, a good thing to live by. It applies to toddlers, (laughs) babies, um, and also just people in your life that aren't thinking clearly or that have treated you poorly or that you deem unreasonable. Don't try and reason with them. It's a waste of energy. What's the point? And then the next one is, I've said this a thousand times before, so sorry for those who are like, of course she said that, is everything in life comes down to pain versus pleasure. Is the pain of doing X worth the pleasure of getting Y? Every single thing in life comes down to that. And when you understand it, it makes it so much easier to make decisions. Another question is morning and night routines. So now that the kids go between two homes, it changes. And that's something that I, I wouldn't say I've struggled, but it's been like, oh, okay, I've got to get used to this. And um, so, yeah, my morning and nighttime routines are a bit different when the kids are here versus when they're not. And I'm enjoying both of the variety. So when the boys are not here, I wake up, I meditate for 10 minutes, I pull an angel card and then I'll go for a walk or this morning I went for a run. I just like to get straight out the door or even if I'm not going to go for a big walk, then I'll just take Lou for a walk around the block and just move my body. And on the mornings that the boys are here, so the split is I have them for five nights and they go to their dads for three, five, three, five, three and so on. So I definitely have them a lot more than I don't have them. And with everything that's happened in their world in the last year, they'll often end up in my bed. So then I'm starting the day with them. Um, but I'm not minding it. I, I think that we all kind of need that closeness. And so we'll just wake up, we'll have a bit of a cuddle, they'll jump out of bed. Usually they'll say, can we go and play Beyblades or Pokemon while you put your contacts in, mum? So that gives me like a five-minute breather to put my contact lenses in, wash my face um, and go to the bathroom and kind of get sorted very, very quickly and then we just get stuck into our day. I'll try and get out of the house still for some sort of movement with them, but it's not It's not always consistent and it's not always enjoyable. <laughs> but I'll just try and get them out, even if it is just taking Lou, our dog, for a walk around the block. And then nighttime routine. Um, actually, my nighttime routine's not that different. Obviously, when the boys are here, it's I have dinner earlier because I have dinner with them, then they go to bed and I find myself probably going to bed a bit earlier as well just because I'm cooked from doing everything. Whereas when I don't have them, the evening feels strange still. It still feels very, very strange. So I'll kind of potter a bit. For example, it's quarter to eight now and this is the second podcast I've recorded this evening. So I do find that I go to bed a bit later. And again, if I'm honest, probably being a bit lonelier means I stay up a bit later to distract myself. Another question about being a mum is what is the hardest thing about being a mum? My initial response then was that it's relentless. It is just never ending. The day is never done. The work is never done. Um, Obviously, I'm aware that it's different now um, because I do do get a breather. Um, And that just, you know... That just is what it is right now. Um, But I would not say that getting a breather is the best thing. That's still really, really hard. 
Uh, what else? After separation, finding friends or connecting with other single mums, all my friends are married. So again, listen to the podcast on friends when I put that live. It will probably be next week or if you... Um, if this is an older episode, it should be live for you now. Have a listen to that. It might be helpful. It, it, I know for me, having a couple of friends that are single has been really, really helpful in terms of they understand my mental state. They've walked the path before me. They have a little bit more availability. I am aware that sometimes it can feel more isolating when you spend time with other couples so I totally understand that putting yourself out there in different situations so whether that's volunteering trying something new just putting yourself out there into new social situations can be good another question is favorite keep it cleaner bliss balls I do love those bliss balls chalk mint or the peanut butter chalk chip one for sure how to get motivated for the gym when you hate going and you don't feel better after. If you hate going to the gym and you don't feel better after, you're not going to be able to rely on motivation at all. You're going to have to lean into commitment. But if you hate going to the gym, then the gym is not for you. You need to find something that you enjoy or at the very least don't hate. So perhaps the gym is just not your zone and that's okay. And it might be at another time or another stage in life But right now, maybe what you need is just long walks on your own. Maybe it's yoga at home. Maybe it's dance cardio. Maybe it's Zumba. I don't know. But definitely some sort of movement. But find what you enjoy and what does energize you. Because if you don't feel good after the gym, then I would say it's not for you. Do you use an alarm to get up? Um, I did today. (laughs) I actually haven't been lately. What meditations are the boys listening to? Sometimes before they fall asleep, they will listen to a meditation and I just search it through Spotify, kids' meditations for falling asleep. Do I listen to a guided meditation for myself? Currently, no, I do not. What car do you drive and do you recommend? I drive a RAV4 and I love it, but I also don't care about cars. (laughs) I love it because it's reliable and it has a big boot and it feels safe and it feels high up enough and yeah I don't really care about cars but I do like my RAV4. Something you wish you told your 18 year old self? Hmm probably a couple of things. One do not pluck your eyebrows that thin Um, but in all seriousness I would probably tell myself that even though I feel like at 18 it's kind of I don't want to say the peak or the prime and it's the most fun I'll ever have and all of that stuff it's not and you're actually going to like yourself so much more in your 30s because I remember being 18 and going out and thinking oh my gosh this is just so fun and I'll never get sick of it but you get to know yourself more and like yourself more the older you get in my opinion so that's probably what I would tell 18 year old Kylie advice on how to prepare for twins I have a four-year-old who was a dream and I'm feeling overwhelmed congratulations on your twin pregnancy to prepare for twins definitely grab our sleep program number one because there is twin specific information in there and with three kids you are going to 
want to have a routine so that you can have a little bit of structure, in my opinion, um, so that you can still spend ample time with all kids and have that little bit of predictability. And when everyone is well rested, then everything feels a little bit easier. I also think that in terms of preparing for twins, having the freezer stocked with lots of food, rallying the troops, having people that can come and help you in the first six to 12 weeks is amazing. The more hands, the better in that situation. Uh, top five tips for first year of school. Okay, I probably should have read these questions first. So I was a bit more prepared. A couple of top tips for the first year of school is to have a consistent morning routine that can make it a little bit easier for little ones who might feel anxious so they know what to predict. Having a predictable drop-off can be helpful. Um, Making sure that your kids can do up their lunchbox on a practical level and also undo it. I would also go Velcro shoes, not shoelaces. Hopefully that is helpful. I also wouldn't book in anything after school. Of course, all kids are different, but I remember someone saying to me, just be mindful of their free time and it can take them a bit of time to build up stamina for extracurricular activities. So just not overloading your kids. Next is investing on your investing on your appearance other than exercise. What ways I'm ready to invest in me? That's entirely personal and entirely up to you and what makes you feel good. I think investing in yourself is a great investment. I'm all about it. Your body is the only place that you have to live. Um, And when I say investing in yourself, that could mean, you know, other than exercise, what way? So it might be a massage or it might be trying a new type of exercise. It might be buying a really beautiful body cream or a body oil. There are so many different ways that you can invest in yourself. Um, Doing a course learning something that you're interested in, all of that sort of stuff. Snack ideas I've covered in another podcast. Morning routine I've covered. What else have we got here? Best tips for getting back on track. Make a plan and put some systems in place. So rather than relying on motivation, it's what is the plan and what can I do to make it a bit easier, such as, I mean, there are so many different ways that you could take getting back on track. That could mean so many different things that could mean getting back on track with work with friends with diet with exercise but just how can you remove some of the resistance and make things a little easier on yourself another question what's your family like any brothers or sisters I have two sisters one who is younger than me who also has identical twins and a little girl who is the same age as the boys and then I have an older sister as well who is 18 months older Um, she doesn't have any little ones how do you manage days when you don't feel confident in your own skin I just know that it's going to pass Last week, I was a shit show. (laughs) The week before my period, I was like, I'm gross. I don't feel good. Um, I feel, I was going to say hideous, but I wasn't saying that I feel hideous, but I just felt really energetically not good. So just knowing that it's going to pass, that's probably the best thing is just going, you know what? I feel crap now, but this is not forever. So what can I do to nurture myself? Whether that's making sure I'm drinking enough water, a little bit of self-care, reading a positive book, listening to a positive podcast, all of that stuff can be really, really helpful. 
And what else? When your ex starts dating slash gets into a relationship, how do you think you'll feel? Um, I... Matt's a good guy and he's only going to be with someone who's a good person. And that is what it is. Um, I think that Matt and I are both on the same page in terms of when we do meet someone, we both agree that we need to be seeing that person for an extended period of time before they meet the kids. And other than that, that's kind of all each of us can really project and care about I guess anyway I will wrap it up there because I'm about to lose my voice and I feel like this has been going for a lifetime if you enjoyed this episode let me know I would super appreciate it if you take a screenshot right now pop it on your stories tag me at Kylie Camps and I will chat with you really really soon thank you very much for listening to me waffling on Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.